Good morning, Radiate Church. Man, I am pumped that you're with us today for our digital experience. Hope uh, you guys in worship and engaged this morning already. Maybe you've already taken a next step uh, in this service today. We are so glad, so, so glad to take next steps with you and be a part of what God is doing here at Radiate. We got another special treat for you today in our remixed road trip series where we want voices uh, in our lives, voices in Radiate Church to speak in to the life of the church. Today, we have one of the greatest communicators and leaders that I believe on the planet, Pastor Jeff Capusta from LifePoint Church in Wilmington, North Carolina, is joining us today. Uh, he is going to be bringing a phenomenal word as he talks to us uh, out of the Word of God today. So as always, we honor, we appreciate. One way that we do that is we lean into the time of teaching and we engage in the Word. So grab your notebooks, grab your pens, take great notes. Uh, make sure you share this stuff on social media and uh, write stuff down to go back and study again because I know that what you're about to hear is going to be a life-changing message from one of my great friends, Pastor Jeff Capusta. Pastor Jeff, thank you so much for your time. We can't wait to hear the Word of God from you today. Well, hey, what's going on, Radiate Church? Jeff Capusta here from LifePoint Church in Wilmington. What a privilege it is to be with you guys today. Pastor Brandon and Megan Man, what a, what a gift you guys are and your church is to the body of Christ, man. Such a joy getting to know your pastor. He is an incredible leader. I, I'm just amazed at the hunger that he has to learn and to grow. It's evident in what God's doing there at Radiate. And are these some incredibly insane times that we're in right now? I know, Pastor Brandon, I, this is the first time you've ever led through anything like this. First time I've ever led through anything like this. And I just want to give mad kudos to your church family, the way that you guys have rolled with the punches through all of this craziness is so impressive, man. I am, uh, I'm looking to you guys. I'm learning from you guys. I love the way that you're leading. I love the way that you really have proven that the church is more than a facility. It is a family and you're doing it well. I want you to know, Radiate, I want you to know you got incredible leaders. You have incredible leaders, and we are cheering you on from North Carolina. Some might say the better Carolina, but I'm not going to say that. I wouldn't say that. That'd be mean-spirited to say that to you guys there in South Carolina. But all jokes aside, it really is an honor to be able to be with you, a part of your Remix Road Trip series. I feel like this is your beach vacation, all right? I know you're stopping different places this summer, hearing from other incredible pastors. We're coming to you from the beach. I had my tech team throw up uh, Carolina. Carolina Beach here behind me, so welcome to Wilmington and Carolina Beach. If you were here, man, we'd hang out. I'd take you out on the north end, and we would drive out. We'd go surfing, and then I'd get you some Brits donuts, some of the most amazing donuts. So next time you're in town, you hit me up. I would love to be able to spend time together with you, but I really am thrilled to preach a message to you today that the Lord has put on my heart that I've titled power to the peaceful. I want you to get something out and take notes with. Those of you on Facebook or YouTube or your church app, I want you to write down, find something to take notes with and write down power to the peaceful. If ever there is a time in our world that we could use a little extra peace, can we agree? This is it. And I want you to know there is a power that we have in peacefulness. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, blessed are the 
peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Notice that Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, not peacekeepers. There's a difference. I know there's a difference because much of my life I have been a peacekeeper. Any peacekeepers out there, throw a little hand raise emoji, right, peacekeeper right here. I've been a peacekeeper much of my life. There's a big difference in peacemaking and peacekeeping. I'm a middle child, so middle children tend to be peacekeepers. It's like we just want everybody to be happy. Like, can't we all just get along? If you study the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram number nine, which is a mediator. It's a, a peaceful person, a peacemaker, peacekeeper. It means that when I'm in a healthy place personally, I don't mind challenging you and speaking my mind, but when I'm unhealthy, I don't wanna stir the pot. I don't wanna speak up. I just wanna be invisible. I just want everybody to be happy and to get along. I hate conflict with everything in me. Some of you, you love conflict. You're like, man, I can't wait till the next conflict. Me? I can't stand it, man. If I gotta have a tough conversation, whether that's a hard conversation in my house or whether that's a tough conversation with a friend or a staff member, I need you to know I agonize over this. Can any of you know what I'm talking about? I agonize because I don't want to disrupt the peace and so I start having imaginary conversations. I'll role play the whole thing. Now I win every imaginary argument that I have but I still don't like them. And so I, I, I wanna keep the peace and, and then on top of all of that, Growing up, so my whole life as a kid, there was a plaque that hung on the wall in my bedroom with my name on it that says Jeffrey. Now nobody calls me Jeffrey except for my mom, but my name literally means peaceful. Peaceful. It has James chapter 3 verse 17 that says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. So I know a thing or two about peace because much of my life I have done everything in my power to keep the peace. I, I want to keep the peace. My name means God's peace. But Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, not necessarily the peacekeepers. And I believe that what our world needs now are more peacemakers. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Peacekeepers tend to be passive they want to avoid conflict at all costs, whereas peacemakers don't mind conflict because they know that it's about reconciliation. They'll bring people with differing opinions together for conversations. Peacekeepers avoid the uncomfortable. We just don't want to go there. Peacemakers will have uncomfortable conversations to seek understanding. Peacekeepers have a tendency of harboring resentment They'll get bitter and, and upset because they don't want to speak their mind. They'd rather be bitter than get better, whereas peacemakers will confront to be able to arrive at restoration. A peacekeeper will actually compromise their own beliefs and values because they don't want to stir the pot. They don't want to cause any ripples in the water. A peacemaker, out of conviction, will speak up and stand up for truth and justice. Now, I don't want to completely come down on peacekeepers because it's not always a bad thing to keep the peace. I think that we probably do need to identify moments and times where we can just be quiet and just keep the peace because your voice is valuable. And so we need to be thoughtful about the time and the places and the opportunities that we speak up about different things. Like, you know anybody that has to make an issue about everything? 
they, they have to comment on everything, speak out about everything. It's kind of like if everything is an issue, then nothing is an issue. They, they make issues out of everything, mountains out of molehills. It's like when I was growing up, my mom used to tell me the story about the boy who cried wolf. Did your mom tell you this story? The boy who cried wolf, he cried wolf and people would come running and there was no wolf. And he cried wolf and people would come running and there was no wolf. And eventually there was a wolf and he cried wolf and nobody listened because they learned to ignore him. Some people would be wise to learn that there are moments and times to just keep their peace, to just simply be quiet. Like you have the right to remain silent. You should consider using it. I think that oftentimes people lose their voice because they use it too much. You ever physically lost your voice? Like literally could not talk, had no voice, maybe went to a concert and you sang every lyric of every line of every song and the next day you're like, oh, I don't have a voice, I don't have a voice. Or maybe you were at you know, a football game and you're just cheering for your favorite team and you're shouting and next thing you know, the next day, no voice. I know for me, sometimes preaching three services on a weekend, I get all worked up. I forget I have a microphone. I feel like I got to shout at everybody and get so excited. And then Monday comes around and I got no voice because I overused it. Most people lose their voice from overuse. We all know that person, right? Comment on everything online. They see something on social media and they can't let it slide. Social media is a crazy place right now. It is like the wild, wild west. And I find, man, on Facebook and Instagram, the uh, keyboard cowboys come out, guns blazing, wanting to attack anybody and everybody. And I just think it would be wise to just keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling. Just like there's a lot of wisdom in that. And, and so there's certain moments when you gotta just, it's okay to keep the peace. It's okay to not say something. It's okay to just hold back. Not everything needs to be caps lock. Can I say it that way? You know people that like they use caps lock way too much. It's like caps lock is on. It's like if caps lock is always on, you're always shouting. Somebody needs to show you there's a button. You can turn that off. I know some people, they're like, I'm a, well, I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind. I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind. I think that there are some people that have given away too many pieces of their mind. You're like, you don't have very many pieces left to give. You should probably hang on to that because giving a piece of your mind does not give you peace of mind. And what we need in this world is a little bit of peace, a little more peace. With so much unrest in our world right now, I want you to know, Ray, hear me when I tell you this. I want you to know that peace is possible. And peace is available. In your Bibles, Galatians chapter five, verse 22, talks about the fruits of the Spirit. The Bible says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, or you could say the evidence of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is a fancy way of saying patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. What this means is that when you and I say yes to Jesus, like if there's ever been a moment in your life when you realize you are a sinner in need of a Savior, like the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is a sinner in need of a Savior. And when we say yes to Jesus, and we experience forgiveness and grace, 
Our relationship with our Heavenly Father is restored. We're promised an inheritance in heaven. But even more than that, the Bible says God pours out his Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in us. He wants to fill us. The work of the Spirit is to fill us with love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's what the Holy Spirit does. He works on the inside. Turn to somebody there in the living room or the office or the kitchen, wherever you're at, just turn to them and say, it's an inside job. Type it in the comments right now. Say, it's an inside job. The Holy Spirit begins working on the inside. He draws us to Jesus. He convicts us of our need for a Savior. And, and so when we get to the place where we say yes to Jesus, he begins to fill our life and he begins doing a spring cleaning in our hearts, and our minds, our lives. He begins saying, man, we need to get rid of this. This is no good. God's got something better. And, and he wants to clear out all the stuff that doesn't belong in our life. It makes me think about the, uh, the show Hoarders. Have you ever seen the show Hoarders? So this whole quarantine, like we've all spent way too much time on Netflix, right? You've tried out a whole bunch of shows and I walked in the living room the other day and my wife was watching Hoarders and I was just captivated. I was like, this is, this is disgusting. Like the fact that there are people that live with so much stuff in their homes, you can't see the floor. They have to climb over it to get from bedroom to living room. I mean, it's just, it's gross. Like at some point, all of that stuff was valuable enough to them that they just started stuffing it in every nook, cranny, and crevice of their house to where it is just overflowing. And then, you know, if you've ever seen the show, you know how it works. Like usually a family member shows up and is like, we gotta have an intervention. And they try to talk them into giving up the garbage. Like we've got to let this stuff go. You don't need this anymore. And they begin to bring in a team of experts. They start cleaning all this stuff. They bring out dumpsters and they start filling the dumpsters. And we're watching this episode and this woman could not let stuff go. So they would haul stuff out to the dumpster and she started climbing in the dumpster, getting it out and putting it back in piles. She started hiding it in neighbor's yards. She could not let it go. And I wonder how many of us have got so much junk and so much garbage in our life that the Holy Spirit is going, you gotta let it go. I can't fill you with the good things that you need if you don't let go of the garbage and the junk and the bitterness and the anger and the resentment and everything that is on the inside that is filling you up. I just picture the Holy Spirit. I picture the Holy Spirit saying, can you just, just give, let me take that bitterness and I'm gonna replace it with love. Would you just give me that road rage because I wanna replace it with kindness. That gossip, hey, hey, well, don't, don't say that. You don't know that it's true. It's gossip. Let me have that and I'm gonna fill you with self-control. And how about that anxiety and that worry? I want to fill you with peace. I want you to know right now that God wants to fill you with peace, your home with peace, your workplace with peace. So let's talk about peace for just a minute. There's a lot of thoughts about peace. I want you to write a few things down. Put this down in your notes. Punch it in your phone. Peace is not the absence of, and then I want you to fill in the blank. Peace is not the absence of. Have you ever thought if I just didn't have to deal with this right now, I'd have so much more peace. You might say conflict. Peace is not the absence of 
conflict. I want you to know, peace is not the absence of conflict. So often we think, if I didn't have to deal with that, I don't know what your that is. For some of us, it's like, if I didn't have to deal with this COVID, if I didn't have to see these headlines, if I didn't have to deal with that, or maybe you think, if I didn't have to put up with them, we all got some them, don't we? There's some people that will rob the peace in your life and you believe that if it, if, if it wasn't for them, you would have more peace. I want you to know peace is not the absence of them. It might be a family member, maybe a, a friend, an ex, a boss, a coworker. I want you to know peace is not the absence of them. So often we think if we just didn't have these headlines right now, all this stuff going on in our world, man, I, I, there is no peace I need you to know peace is not the absence of conflict. There's always going to be conflict. The Bible tells us there's a peace that is not circumstantial. As a matter of fact, Jesus in John chapter 14, he's about to go to the cross. He knows the cross is near, hours away. He's gonna be arrested, betrayed, crucified. And his disciples are gonna face more fear and uncertainty than ever before in their life. And he says to them in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says to them, peace, I leave with you. So I'm about to leave you, but I'm leaving you with peace. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. How's the world give? The world's like, I'll give and then I'll take away. I'll give and then I'll take away. I'm not giving like that. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be Afraid, I believe that Jesus is saying to you and I right now, there is a peace available to you. And I'm leaving you with my peace. You're going to face difficult times. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I need you to know peace is not the absence of difficulty, conflict, trouble. Now I want you to write this down as well. Peace is also not the abundance of. Sometimes we think, all right, if I just had more, I don't know what you wish you had more of. Sometimes we think if I had more time, right? If I just had more time, I would have more peace. I'm always just so stressed, so rushed, so worried, so running from place to place. Can I tell you, you're not gonna get more time. And matter of fact, the more you spend worrying about, the less time you have available to you. Sometimes we tell ourselves, peace is, uh, if I just had more money, if I just had more money, I would have more peace. If I just had more, more house, more stuff, more possessions. We live in a world that says that our net worth determines our self-worth. And if I just had more, if I had better, if I had bigger, if I had newer. And I want you to know that stuff does not bring peace. It is not the absence of conflict It is not the abundance of stuff. So what is it? I want you to write this down. I want you to punch this into your phones or your computers. Peace is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Peace is not the absence. It's not the abundance. Peace is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Write that down. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit that brings peace. Go back to Galatians chapter 5 for just a minute. The fruit of the Spirit, remember the evidence, the work of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Meaning if the Holy Spirit is in you, he wants to bring about a work. He wants to bring about peace. It is a fruit that grows in your life. Think about this. Peace is a fruit. And fruit is frustrating. What do you mean fruit is frustrating? It's frustrating because it doesn't grow overnight. I hate to wait. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, nobody's like, you know what I love? I love waiting. I just love waiting. I love waiting so much I get in the longest line at Walmart. 
I love waiting. I love it when I'm in a line of traffic and the person in front of me is so busy on their phone that they don't see the green light. And so I get to wait a whole nother cycle. Nobody likes to wait. So often we just wait. And you have to wait if you want fruit. If you were to cut open fruit and take out the seeds and plant it, you don't get to eat the fruit the next day. Like the only thing that grows overnight is weeds and mushrooms. That's just how it is. When I was a kid, I cut up an apple. I took the seeds and I thought, I wonder if I can grow an apple tree. So I buried it in the yard. I watered it. And about two weeks later, I was like, nothing's happening. So I dug it up. And guess what? Something was happening. They were beginning to grow. But I killed it because I was unwilling to wait. Fruit takes time. If you want to grow an apple tree, you plant those seeds. It's going to take two to five years. You want banana plants? Two to three years. Pears? Four to six years. I'm telling you this because it's easy to get discouraged because we're tired of waiting. Fruit takes time. You may look at yourself and feel like you you haven't changed, but I want you to know you have. It's just taking time. You ever tried losing weight and you felt like you weren't making progress and then you saw somebody you hadn't seen in six months and they're like, wow, look at you. You couldn't see it because you saw yourself every day, but they saw it because they hadn't seen you in a while. And so I want you to know that fruit, in the same way, it takes time. Don't get discouraged. Change never happens as fast as we want it to. And don't get mad at people that aren't changing as fast as you want them to. I'm always amazed at the Christians that get mad at non-Christians for living like non-Christians. Hello, do you remember how you used to live before you met Jesus? It takes time. Change happens in time, I think about back in January when we all made like uh, resolutions. Remember January? We're like, we're gonna, this is the year. We're gonna get in shape. I'm gonna get chiseled. I'm gonna get an ab. It's gonna be amazing. You remember that? And so you did what we all do. We got gym memberships and we showed up the first day. We did crunches, man. We hurt. We couldn't laugh, couldn't cough. Like, we're like, certainly there's abs. So we looked in the mirror and they're like, they weren't there yet. But then we did what we all do. We got on the scale and what happened? Nothing. And we're like, this doesn't work. And we got frustrated and we quit like days, maybe weeks later. Why? Because the fruitfulness of working out takes time. The investment takes time. Fruit can be frustrating because it takes time. But the Holy Spirit says, I'm working. I'm working in you. I'm working in you. I'm working in you. As a Christian, we are called to be peaceful. Let me show you. Colossians chapter three, verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What's ruling in your heart right now? Is it peace? Because it should be. Jesus says, I want my peace by the power of my Holy Spirit to rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. During these times, we can be thankful that we have the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. What takes root in our heart will grow fruit in our life. If bitterness begins to take root in our heart, we become a bitter, angry, resentful person. But when the Holy Spirit takes root in our heart, he grows fruit in our life, and I want you to know that he's bringing about that love, that joy, that peace, that patience, that kindness, faithfulness, gentleness. If Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life, you have the Holy Spirit in you. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that. I want you to know you have the Holy Spirit. It's so critical to understand that because you'll never use what you don't know you have. And the Holy Spirit says, I wanna work in you I wanna bring about changes in you. I want you to trust me. I want you to rely on me. I want, I want you to let me do a work in you. I'm the gardener. Your life is the soil. I will develop peace in you. And so let me 
work. Let me work. Let me work. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7 puts it like this. It says, do not be anxious about anything. What are you anxious about right now? What are you anxious about? Kids getting back to school and when's that going to happen? How's it going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? Work. It was awesome. Working from home was really cool. We didn't have to put pants on for a while. That was great. And now you're like, oh, if I could just go back to work, right? What are you worried about? You know, maybe you're waiting for the results from a test. It's easy for so much to cause us to be anxious, the unrest across our world right now. We can actually become anxious about everything. But the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. When was the last time you took a moment and said, God, I've taken this to everybody else. I'm bringing this to you right now. Man, I'm bringing that request. I'm bringing that anxiety. I'm bringing that concern, that worry. I'm giving it to you because watch what happens. I'm bringing it to you. And when I do, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love the idea here. When I bring my anxiety, cares, and concerns to God, he says, I got you. I got you in my peace, which doesn't make sense to the world. We should live in such a way that people that look at us go, I don't get it. I don't get it. How do you keep it together during all this? And you're like, man, I've got a peace that passes all understanding. Like, I know God is bigger than this. God over COVID, I got this. I'm trusting him. And so I have a peace that doesn't make sense to people that don't know Jesus. And then I love this idea that when I bring my request to God, not only does this peace that passes all understanding protect me, but it guards my heart and my mind. I just have this picture of the peace of God just like swatting every attack of the enemy. Like, get that, get that junk out of here. Like, not today, not on my watch. Like, God says, I've got you. Radiate Church, hear me when I tell you God's got you. But you gotta bring it to him. You've gotta trust him you got to lean on him so that he can bring about this fruit of peace. Matthew 7, Jesus said, you will know a tree by its fruit. God wants to do a work in you if you will just let him. And so I want to end our time together by simply asking you a question. I ask our church all the time. What is God saying to you today? There's a reason you got up. There's a reason you logged on. There's something he wants to say to you. Maybe it's anxiety has gripped your heart and your soul and it's time to let it go. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know, I don't know that I really have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know that the Holy Spirit's ever begun a work in me. Let's nail that down right now. I'm gonna invite you to join me as we pray together. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I only ask you to do that just so you're not caught off by distractions and things that are going on around us. Maybe the dogs and cats running around. I just want you to hear what I'm saying. And I wanna give you the opportunity today to begin a relationship with Jesus. And so here's what I want you to know. The Bible says that the Son of God laid down his life on a cross so that your sins and mine could be forgiven. I want you to know that was my cross and that was your cross. And the Bible says if I'd put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that I can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. He is my Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit begins to dwell inside of me, bringing this peace that passes all understanding. And if today you want to know for certain that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I invite you to join me in this moment. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, and I would invite you to make these words your words. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in the quietness of your heart. What matters is the sincerity of the moment. And so I invite you just to make this your moment. Would you do this? Just say, dear God, right now, say, dear God, thank you for loving me. I repent of my sins right now.
I put all my faith and trust in Jesus. I give you my life. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a peace that passes all understanding and use me to bring hope and life and peace to others. Say this, say thank you for saving me. Listen, if right now you join me in that moment, I wanna celebrate with you. Radiate Church wants to celebrate. Pastor Brandon wants to celebrate with you. If you join me in that moment, I want you to take just a second. There's gonna be a number that pops up in just a moment down here on the screen. I want you to text the word yes, Y-E-S, to this number. You're saying yes, I joined you in beginning a relationship with Jesus so that we can celebrate with you. Guys, it's been an honor to bring you this message. I believe God is gonna bring you peace this week. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for your peace this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word from Pastor Jeff. What a blessing to have him join us for his very first time preaching during our Remix series. I hope today was a blessing to you. I hope it encouraged you, inspired you, helped you really grow your faith. And man, if you heard something in today's message, and you're thinking to yourself like, man, I would love to take a next step and figure out what that looks like, or I would love some help with this or help with that, or you know what? I actually, for the very first time ever, considered making a decision to put Jesus at the center of my life, surrendering everything I've got over to him, and really putting all my faith and trust in him. Listen, we wanna connect with you. We want to have conversations with you and help guide you through those steps. And it's really easy uh, for us to get connected so we can hang out, get to hear a little bit about your faith journey and help encourage you along that faith journey. And we can do that just by the fact that you could text the word CONNECT to the number 803-205-2487. That gives us a chance to get talking with each other so we can join you on your faith journey and help you develop your faith sur uh, surrounded uh, or with Jesus at the center. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we love you. And hey, as always, let's go change the world.